Hello and welcome to this episode of Musings of the Sacred, hosted by William Catling and produced by myself, Gillette Cervantes. This is the last episode of our second season and it's a continuation of our topic of the mystery of the kingdom and this episode is titled Life in the Kingdom of Food. Thank you so much for listening so far and we hope you continue to listen. Today I want to share more thoughts about real living in the kingdom of God. The title of today's conversation is called The Adults of the Visitors. When you think about gardening, it is common to first think about seeds. Seeds, small little boat-shaped containers filled with the potential to become plants, some growing quite tall. If we do not use our true eyes, we could misjudge the power contained in something so small and seemingly inconsequential. Seeds are like little children. We do not always see them in terms of their potential, but rather we dismiss them due to their small size, loud voices, and silly games. Jesus says, Do not hinder the children from coming to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Did you hear that? The kingdom of heaven belongs to little children. The adults are the visitors. The kingdom of heaven is designed for those who trust, for those who play and dance and run and have imaginary friends. It is for the foolish, not the wise. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. The sound of heaven is laughter and joyful playing. If you think you are too mature for the sound of this, you might find yourself in the waiting room of the kingdom. You may need some time to realize that the kingdom of heaven is not for those with the biggest paycheck, the newest clothes, the newest car, or the right look and hair. It is for people who sow seeds with faith in hope of the coming unseen harvest. For those who put a little leaven in the dough and set it aside, trusting that it will rise like the dome of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is when someone or something so very small becomes large enough for birds to rest in, to feed a hundred people, to celebrate that within it has the potential to become children of faith, children who trust, and children who share. As children, we played a game called hide and seek. In this game, one child is chosen to be the seeker, and the others have a limited amount of time to hide. The chosen one then seeks out the ones who are hiding. Sometimes a child who is hiding begins to feel lost when the others cannot find them. The kingdom of God is about hiding, finding, and hiding again. It is about finding the loss and seeking out something of value that was hidden. The following thoughts are found throughout the New Testament. It says, For nothing is hidden except to be revealed 
nor has anything been secret, but that it would come to light. It also says you have hidden things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. But it should be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. This is precious in the sight of God. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. And your life is hid with Christ in God. The one who has found their life will lose it. The one who has lost their life on my account will find it. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Rejoice with me, because I have found the one which I lost. What have you lost? What needs finding in your life? When we were children, we lived joyously, at least before we were told to be quiet and stop bothering the adults. And the world was filled with possibilities. Thankfully, we can find again that unfettered imagination. We can find again the joy of living freely in each moment. We can experience the kingdom of heaven a little more each day. We all have limited time, resources, and energy. Every day it seems like there is not enough time to complete the list of things to do, places to be, and people to interact with, let alone practice healthy self-care. This pattern can leave us feeling inadequate and incapable of making any significant difference in our world. It could be we think we have to do everything, and yet in Jesus' teaching, there is a clear separation between what the characters in each story do and what happens because that is the way the kingdom is meant to be. In both cases of farmers planting seeds and when bakers need in leaven, they have limited, distinct items on their to-do list. Farmers either scatter or plant seeds, then they have to wait for the seeds to grow. The work of the seed is beyond their ability to affect. Seeds grow because that's the way they were designed. It is a mistake for the farmer to dig up the seeds to check on their progress. It interferes or stops their ability to sprout both roots and blades. It ruins all chance of growth. That leads to full fruition and harvest. Sometimes our to-do lists include activities that actually cause damage to the growth and others. We just need to trust that God is at work in ways we do not see or understand. Remember, it is by the fruit or the results that we discover the work of the Spirit in each season of harvest. Now the baker prepares the dough, then inserts the leaven and kneads the dough. Afterwards, it's set aside to prove or rise for a few hours or even overnight. One second. Did I do something wrong? Sometimes our to-do lists include activities 
that actually cause damage to the growth cycle in ourselves and others. We just need to trust that God is at work in ways we do not see or understand. Remember, it is by the fruit or the results that we discover the work of the Spirit in each season of harvest. The baker prepares the dough, then inserts the leaven and kneads it. Afterwards, it is set aside to prove or rise for a few hours or even overnight. As the leaven begins to expand the dough, adding air that lifts it higher, it would be a mistake to peel open the dough to see what is happening. It causes the dough to fall, and you have to start proving its journey once again. Sometimes the dough can be ruined by not given the space and quiet darkness to rise to form a rounded dome in preparation for baking and being served up to those that are hungry. Like the farmer and the seeds, the baker has to let the work of the leaven happen. The seeds and leaven complete their work without us. This is the beauty of life and our faith, that we allow the seeds of leaven, the seeds of heaven, in, and then the Spirit does the work to bring something new to life. Growth requires us to wait to allow seasons to pass before we see the fruit of the leaven and the seeds of heaven to complete their work. It's easy to miss, to be distracted by our worries, concerns. Someone we know does something amazing. We do not notice or affirm them. Who they are and what they do are like buried treasure. There is treasure all through our lives. We just need to pay attention when we bump into it in the midst of our daily routines. Treasure is found in our families, our friends. It's found in our colleagues, our neighbors. You find treasure in the people we interact with as we move through each day's activities. Treasure is found in strangers we meet in chance encounters. Receptionists where we go for our health care visits or in the children we see in the park. There is treasure to be found in everyone for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. They will find it. It's not enough just to notice when something or someone is special. We need to actively help to unbury it. It's part of our role in the community, in our families, and among our peers to be what I call archaeologists of the soul to be the ones with shovels and trowels and brushes for delicate unearthing and the willingness to do the work. Treasure can be buried under hurt. It can be lost in emotional damage. It can be buried in isolation or fear. It can be so deep, it takes great patience and persistence to help uncover it. With the treasure is other detritus, the rotted remains of the past the unkind words, the acts of rejection, the youthful mistakes, and the shameful deeds that can haunt us. The treasure is always found in the midst of these other items. Part of the work of the archaeologist is to sort through and remove the treasure, to take joy in finding and celebrate the beauty of the discovery. The other is removed and forgotten. The work of treasure hunting involves forgiveness and release, focusing on the treasure, not the rotted cloth that held it.
This archaeology of the soul is both individual and communal work. We forgive ourselves and we forgive others. We make the conscious choice to let go of the rot and celebrate the discovery of great treasure. Like children, we choose to focus on the discovery, not the mess that surrounds it.